Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and welcome to The Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's episode is How EQ Can Change Your Life. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me as always is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hi, Eric, and all our listeners. So, Eric, how can EQ change your life? So, where did that come from? Well, you know, Jeff, we always try to come up with great titles. And I'm not going to tell you that this is the best title I ever came up with. <laughs> but having said that, I, I've I've really been thinking a lot about that the true measure of emotional intelligence is you being able to say that it really changed how I lived my life because there's so much in it and there's so much power in it. And I thought that it'd be great as we're looking at a new year, actually new decade. That's you believe true. It? Yeah. Uh, wow. You know, being 2020, we it's a great time to start thinking about what are the practicals here? What what's How can it really change anything? Because I have a feeling, too, that there are a number of people out there, Jeff, who are um, – they're weighed down with a ton of stuff coming at them. And I've always believed that the work that we do is designed to be of help, to be of value, you know? I agree. That's that's one of the big reasons we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Is, you know, we've seen what it's done for us, and we don't want to, you know, hide that. <laughs> Yeah, Keep it to ourselves. The, you know, I've almost even likened it to, uh, you know, I told uh, this was a long time ago. He was a physician. And I said, you know, if people knew just how much I wanted to help them, they'd be lining up like around the block. Because it is a new year, new decade. So this is the time to maybe make these decisions. Yeah. You know, the essence of our work, right? The the sort of the definition of emotional intelligence is the blending of thinking and emotions 
to make optimal decisions. I've kind of likened, you know, my term has been more like managing my thoughts and my emotions mm -hmm. to make better decisions. And, you know, most people out there have either started or maybe they started, you know, back in December. Maybe they're in the process of doing it now of setting the resolutions <laughs> and also goals of what they want 2020 to be like. And that implies decisions and choices. You know, the the reality is, is this is another saying that has always stuck with me, that 90% of your life will be what choices you made, what decisions you made. Exactly. 10% uh, of your life will be the stuff that you could never see coming. Maybe we call that lucky or unlucky. But if 90% of my life is in my hands based on my decisions, as daunting as that sounds, Jeff, it really does imply that there's an opportunity there. And, and, and I think to me what you're saying is learning how to make those decisions is going to be the foundation or the bedrock of what kind of a life you're going to end up having. Yeah, and, and Jeff, you know, whether I like it or not, you, me, and our producer, Brett, our lives, 90% of it is based on what I decided to do, whether mm -hmm. that was yesterday or 20 years ago. I know you and I did a, a training about decisions, and it's just how many thousands of decisions we make a day, and we don't look at what can happen after that. So I think that that's a very important thing to remember, you know, what to base your life on. And I get it. When things are coming at you, you know, the number of decisions we're making each day, and I truly un I understand, sometimes it's frivolous. Sometimes it's it's unnecessary time wasting garbage, right? Mm -hmm. But on the whole, there is something to be said about being very conscious about your decision making. Mm -hmm. And I've, with my own experience in my own life, emotional intelligence has been a very large part in how I make decisions. I mean, it it is it's truth. I'm I'm intrigued here. You have the review of the four. Well, I don't want anyone out there to be confused as to think I'm going to talk about the four horsemen or something. Is that the four horsemen of the apocalypse? I think that's what it was. Or wasn't that like something with Notre Dame football? I okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Football, apocalypse, it's all the same. <laughs> um, so we as, uh, you know, when I look at the Western world and, and specifically in the United States, we're, 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 we're really good um, at picking and choosing what we want to focus on. And and though at times that can be positive, it, it oftentimes can be negative because we pay attention one at the expense of the other. So the four here, and I'll unwrap them a little bit here in a second, the physical life, the spiritual life, the mental life, and the emotional life. Okay. Uh, some of that leaps right out for our listeners when I talk about, when I mentioned emotional. But all four of these areas, in order for us to be healthy, they, they need to be paid attention to. And it's my hope. Like today, maybe we can be a catalyst that maybe somebody's going to say, hey, I get this idea of making better decisions. Well, what kind of better decisions can I make with these four? Now, the physical is really, really straightforward. It's your body. Okay. It's what you're doing with or to your body. Right. So we think of exercise. We think of what foods we eat. We think of our relationship maybe with our doctors as, as it relates to health and, and for people like me with a chronic disease, I mean, taking care of that. And here's the thing. I want to, want to be clear. There's a right motivation and a wrong motivation in all of these. The physical one, 
a lot of times when we start talking about weight loss and exercise, it can get really kind of foggy, convoluted, right? Because please hear me and understand, I am not talking about you need to lose 30 pounds so that you're going to look great in that dress or that suit or what have you, okay? In my mind, that should be a byproduct of focusing on being healthy. You know, the, when you said that, I, I was thinking of a friend who who lost a lot of weight and nobody noticed. And they were losing it before the appearance thing. Mm. And that actually, when nobody noticed that they'd lost this weight, they gained it all back. Yeah, that that's understandable. And I know there's there's statistics out there that show about how many people do regain weight. And I think motivation and the decision, why did you make that decision to lose weight in this case, mm-hmm. really, really will probably give you a good indicator whether or not it's going to last, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I believe in small steps, Jeff. And I think that's the beauty of where decision-making can really help you. Just start something. Just do something. Just be more proactive about something. It doesn't have to be, I've got to be able to run a seven-minute mile and a half marathon in five months. I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just doing something, being kind to your body, taking care of yourself, being healthy, because it is going to impact, again, your ability to make really good decisions. There's science out there that talks about the impact of how our physical well-being impacts the others. Well, it's, for one of a better way of saying it, the reason we put surge protectors and things to plug our computers in is we need to make sure they're running right. And the physical, if you're putting these bad things into your body one way or the other, yeah. it's not going to run right. Yeah. I mean, and the, the, to, to that point, right, I mean, it's this idea that if I choose to eat this particular type of food, how is it going to make my physical life better? Or is it going to make it worse? I understand the temptation. If you said to me, we're going to go and have a cheeseburger, fries, and a Diet Coke, I'm in. Because I like the taste of it. Mm -hmm. And Jeff, there's nothing wrong with doing that every so often. Don't get me wrong. But Jeff, the problem arises when I let that, I love that taste, drive my decisions, move me to making decisions that are going to be harmful to me. So... The next one is spiritual. So, oh, you're going to go back. I'm, I'm not finished. You're not finished. No, I'm <laughs> with the spiritual. <laughs> oh, all right. So that means I have to go to church? Uh, no. I am speaking of first and foremost. It could mean. Okay. It could mean that. Yes. So I, I digress. It could mean you need to go to church, but it might not mean that as well. I'm talking about the spiritual that really applies to like. For example, we've talked many times on episodes here, the the SEQ, mm-hmm. um, Spiritual Emotional Intelligence. We're talking about the core, your personhood, who you are at, at its deepest level, right? And like the physical and the other, the other two that we're going to talk about, it needs the same kind of good decision-making as well. It needs to be taken care of. Now, we've lived in a culture where we've kind of swung the pendulums, right? too far. You know, if you go into a corporate America setting and talk about spiritual, you might have somebody holding up a, you know, or like showing you the door, you know, exactly. If we go into the religious community and we talk about spiritual in the terms of not being about a 
attending a service or doing some religious, you know, some liturgy or whatever, it can be the same. Show you the door. <laughs> I firmly believe in my own walk, my spiritual walk. Yeah, it does have to do with God. It does have mm-hmm. to do with Jesus and and that kind of thing. But I'm not here to preach and I'm not here to convert. I'm here to help you understand and to begin taking a look at it. Because quite frankly, Jeff, I think we're at a place now in our culture where we just don't pay attention at all. Right. And I think that was one of the motivations for us creating that product was to bring attention. Right. This idea of who you are at your core, who you are with the people around you, who you are with the world at large. And the universe, right? And, and how disconnected or connected you are to those things. Exactly. Exactly. So as with the physical, it's a decision-making process. How much time are you spending on you? You know, I know at some point, Jeff, someone's going to say, you guys are always lamenting on how people aren't willing to work on themselves. <laughs> but maybe we need to continue banging that gong until we can start seeing that change a bit, right? Well, I think I'm speaking for myself, and I think you'll probably agree We've seen the results when we don't. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's maybe the irony of modern man, right, is that we've seen the results. We, mm-hmm. we, we, this is not new territory. No. Uh, one of the best pieces of advice I got recently around the spiritual was this idea of space and pace. Hmm. And, and how he described it to me was space is how much am I allowing in my life to dedicate to the spiritual. Is it 10 minutes? Is it 15 minutes? Is it 30 minutes? What practices happen in that time frame? What, what time am I dedicating to co- sort of, and we've heard this term before, unplug mm-hmm. so that we can deliberately. And I'm not talking about an obsession about always being about you, always being about what you want and always being about, that's not my point. We're doing this to be healthy, to have that balance, right? And the pace part has to do with the culture, the, the, the world we live in. I don't see the world slowing down anytime soon, Jeff. No, I don't. I, I really don't. I, I, I think we've kind of hit the tipping point when it comes to information overload. I think unless we make conscious decisions, again, I, to plug that, <laughs> to say, okay, I get it. I probably do have 15 emails and it's only 730 in the morning. But I'm not going to look at those emails for the next 15 to 20 minutes because I'm dedicating it to the space I'm dedicating, right, to the spiritual. You know, I was, you know, I grew up on a farm out in the country. So growing up, watching a sunset or watching a sunrise, sometimes both in the same day was was a big part of your life. You just did it. And I was thinking, when was the last time I actually sat and watched a whole sunrise or a whole sunset, you know, just sit and watch it and enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing that, and and it's been tougher probably in the frame of the last two years for me, but I'm, for lack of a better way of saying it, I've made it a conscious decision. Um, We have a lilac uh, tree. Maybe it's maybe a bush. And, of course, it blooms in spring, Mm -hmm. typically around, I think, May is its window of time. And I love the smell of lilac. And I've made it a habit that when those things bloom, I am going to stop every time. It's right near our garage. So when I pull in, I get out of my car, and I go outside before I go inside, and I just put my nose to that, and I just take a very deep breath. Now, 
I'm not going to win any awards for that, Jeff, and nobody <laughs> should be clapping and applauding that I'm doing it. But that's a part of the deal. It, it's the part of the deal of understanding that in the end, I'm not really involved in the kind of things that require me to miss that opportunity. You're not involved in something that should require you to miss a sunset or a sunrise. We're the ones that kind of like bought into this idea that my 50 things on my to-do list are a matter of life and death, matter of, you know, earth and sun or what have you. One one of the things that I've been really working on is to spend 15 minutes playing with my dog. Yeah. Just totally paying attention to her, playing ball with her or tug of war or whatever. And the days that I do that seem so much better. Yeah. And and Jeff, that's to me, that's spiritual. Mm-hmm. That's, I, that's paying attention to the spiritual. That's your core. That's the something that makes you come alive. It gives you energy. That's what I'm talking about. And again, I'm not going to deny anyone's faith practice. Mm-hmm. And maybe in addition to that 15 minutes with your dog, you spend 15 minutes praying and, 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 and reading the Bible or reading whatever mm-hmm. book that's important to you. But it's spending the time. The, the issue is, as it is with the physical, is that oftentimes we don't get around to that. You know, and I'm, I'm, when I'm doing that with her, I'm, I'm almost envious because I wish I could be as present as she is. <laughs> and that could be a whole episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> which we may have to do that because that's really, really good. So the mental. Sometimes you hear mental and emotional kind of lumped together, but I, I wanted to for the purposes of this. I just recently uh, went through a uh, mental first aid course, and it's designed the very same way, if you will, that a physical first aid that you might have with Red Cross or some agency mm-hmm. of such. And it's all about mental wealth, mental well-being. I'm sorry. And oh, I like that mental wealth. I should keep that. <laughs> Brett, you caught it. Keep that in the show. And, and and it was a class, and we went through exercises, you know, recognizing people who are in, in desperate straits to recognizing people that maybe just need some encouragement, but focusing on, on the mental well-being side. And it was such a, re, such a, um, such a great class. Uh, learned a lot. And in America, I think – most people would agree we've stigmatized mental health issues, mm-hmm. whether they're the clinical variety, uh, whether they're, you know, even I think, I think anytime you, sometimes when people say I'm feeling depressed and even if they haven't been diagnosed, it does kind of make people shrink away. Now, the irony of this, Jeff, is on two fronts. Everyone has at some point dealt with issues because your brain is a part of your body. Mm-hmm. That would be like me saying, I've never had an ache. <laughs> I've never had a moment in time when a muscle contracted. You'd say, you're lying, Eric. Of course you have. <laughs> but what do we do? We, we try to pretend like, oh, no, no, no. I, oh, boy, Jeff, I've never had to see a psychologist. Right? <laughs> or, or we do what my old wrestling coach would say, walk it off. Yeah. And that leads to my next thing. We have come to a place, I believe, where I guess the best way to describe it is uh, 
Jeff, if uh, in our studio here today, if I got up to leave with you after the show and I tripped on the stairs and I fell down and I had a giant gash on the side of my head and I'm bleeding, Jeff, would you say to me, Eric, that's some nice looking blood, man. I really like the color. It, it accents your glasses and <laughs> I'll see you next week. No. What are you going to do? Probably not, no. What are you going to do, Jeff? I'm going to do what I can to give you first aid mm-hmm. or to maybe call somebody. That you mean can like 911 hand- or something? Yeah, that maybe Ambulance? can hand- yeah, handle it better than I can. Right, because this is not something, Jeff, you're not going to pull out the sutures and your scalpel and start working on me, right? No, I might Why not? get some paper towels and hold <laughs> it against your head right? until somebody else can come. Okay. And it's crazy. I know we're taking it to its yeah. end. Well, why isn't that the case with? Our mental, our brain. That's that's the that's the part here, and and I really I want the audience to and it, wherever you may be on that spectrum, right? Wherever you may be and 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 where you may land, if you know you need help, make a decision to get that help. And again, it may be clinical. It may be starting by talking to a friend, or maybe you hire a coach or something. But don't ignore this, because for the same reason, if you ignore the spiritual and the physical, it's the same thing with the mental. You know, in, in my previous career, when I would go into an account, I always went in with the thought of holistic, looking at the whole picture. And that's what you're talking about. Yes. We need to look at ourselves holistically. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and, and this is not a surprise to people who have known me and have maybe uh, read you know, things I've written before, uh, whether book or blog. I think that this is the this is the part that's tripping us up. We we are not focusing on the whole. Again, we're taking a look at something. We just kind of made this joke about it, but our mental health is stigmatized. It's one of those things that we try to ignore. Or in your case, with your wrestling coach, oh, just walk it off. Mm-hmm. Just walk it off. Um, there's there's a lot of people that are limping right now. Yeah, you know, and I and I and I said it in a previous episode. You're worth this work. Mm-hmm. You're worth picking up the phone and calling, whether it's a, a hotline or whether it's making that appointment that you've been putting off. You're worth it because think of how much better your life will be. Think about think about that. Think about how much better the lives of those who care about you will be. Yeah, that that's an important thing when we're doing these things. Yeah, they're for ourselves. You know, you said three, and there's another one that you're mm-hmm. going to work on, but yep. the effect that you have on the other people makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. So the emotional, this one probably, uh, Jeff, we don't need to spend a ton of time on only because it's really the essence of what we we work in day in and day out. You know, it's our, it's our, our mission. However, I think the decision-making process here is, is vitally important. It's kind of the essence of the meaning of emotional intelligence, because remember, you know, emotions are communicators. Mm-hmm. You know, they're neurotransmitters. Information. The, yeah, it's it's designed to give you information. And it's not information for you to feel embarrassed or shamed or, or to, you know, to, to feel superior, whatever it may be. It's designed to give you some information in that moment in time so that you can make a good decision and a, and a better decision mm-hmm. um, if you let it. And, and we've used these examples, you know, what do you do when you're cut off in traffic? And the emotion of anger comes. Well, instead of reacting to the anger, there's the opportunity. Well, okay, let me let me pause here. What is this all about? And and you might even be misdiagnosing or misidentifying the emotion. That anger might actually be 
fear because you thought you're going to get in a wreck. Yeah, exactly. And you would handle that completely different than being angry at the person. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see where you're saying or what you're saying. Well, um, Jeff, the, the the part that I, I would, you know, we're going to get in this as we get to the end of the episode, you know, with a special New Year offer. I, I think this one is vitally important, too, is, is understanding, okay, where are you at with your emotional intelligence? How are you leveraging that? that quite frankly helps those other three mm-hmm. become even better. Exactly. You just kind of set this up. So what exactly can EQ do to help us to to look at ourselves holistically, to look at ourselves to make better decisions? Well, again, I know, I know we're in the window of time when people are doing that, where they're making plans, they're setting goals. Maybe they made some resolutions and those kind of things, and those are all good. However, I, I oftentimes think, you know, in my life, my worst enemy or the thing that tripped me up the most, Jeff, was me. <laughs> it was me responding in anger when I should have chosen a different approach. It was me not being empathetic when that was what was called for, either for myself or for other people. And I dare say that's probably most of us. Yeah, right? So I could just say I'm a really good guy and I treat people really nicely and don't do anything about it. But I, I felt like when it comes down to it, I want to be better at it. I, I, want to, I, want to, I don't want it to just be this thing I can ride on natural talent. You know, they say this about sports um, teams, I, I should say athletes. You know, there's a difference between the elite and the good, right? Mm-hmm. The elite ones are not, yes, they have talent coming out of their ears, but they typically – very emotionally intelligent, very high IQ when it comes to their particular sport. And that just doesn't happen naturally. It has to be worked on. You, know, you go back and look at a number one draft choice in the NFL. Yeah. How many of those were flashing the pans? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm a Bengals fan. I can name you several. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you could. I bet you could. You know, one thing that comes to mind is uh, in tennis is Roger Federer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a gentleman who, quite frankly, I think many thought he should have been done years ago. But, you know, this guy believes in rest. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, it's worth a look up to, to see his story. He has understood his body, and he treats it in such a way that he leverages his rest. So I guess what we're talking about, De- uh, Jeff, is, again, when we look at the definition of emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. the in my case, using it as managing my thoughts and my emotions to make optimal, better decisions. So could it be that I need rest? Could it be that I need to carve out space? Could it be all those things we talked previously? One of the beauties of our tools is that we look at competencies. And mm-hmm. we've, we've discussed those in previous episodes, which mm-hmm. I highly recommend if you want to go back and look at some of our previous episodes to learn about those competencies. Those are huge. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in a previous episode, you were talking about the photography thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe this is an upcoming one. I'm losing track. But one of the things that, that stood out to me, I was giving you this example, and I'm going, it is this blending. It's like, okay, here's where I, I need to use recognizing patterns. Here's where, oh, wow, consequential thinking combined with my emotional literacy. And it, no, it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like you look at the competencies and then flip a switch and then automatically in every situation it always goes away. It's not that at all. But with practice and work, which is the next thing I want to talk about, it can become a part of what you do, right? Great example. I mean, talk about the work, 
All right. Because this is this is a part that trips people up. Right. Because they go, well, it's almost like the Google thing, you know. Well, I want to be able to put it in and get an answer in like five seconds. Mm -hmm. Google has done some really cool things. One of the things is not so cool as that. Emotional intelligence and growing it to a great practitioner level does not happen overnight. You know, I'm old enough that if when I had to do a term paper mm-hmm. when I was in school, yep. I had to go to the library and I had to invest some time. Yeah. You know, searching through a card catalog or, you know, going through books or whatever to get the information I had. I had to put the work in to do that. And I think if when you put the work in, you start owning what you're doing. Now I think if you just Googled it, you know, I think yeah. they, they even have some programs now where you could Google a term paper and it'll change it enough where, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. How much work is that person putting into that term paper? Are they learning anything from what yeah. they did? Yeah, and and you know it's a great example from the work perspective because again we've talked about it. It, it doesn't require you to take on the whole mountain today. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. There's a wonderful book, and I don't remember the author's last name, but uh, the, the name of the book is called Bird by Bird. Okay, and it's a premise or it's, it's designed for writers to help you be a better writer. Okay, so I, I've been reading it. My wife bought it for me as a surprise gift a couple months ago. And it's really, really well done book. But where that title came from, the author's dad, and I guess it would have made her brother, had procrastinated in writing a paper at school, and it was around birds. That was the subject he had picked, and it was with all these different species. And there was a lot of species that he was going to write on. But he made the mistake. He procrastinated. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is due in two days type thing. And he began to stress because he had a lot of species to identify. And frustration, all the things that you can imagine. And her dad, in a very loving, caring, grace way, came up to him, put his hand on his shoulder and said, I forget her brother's name. So in this case... Son, it's bird by bird, my friend, bird by bird. (laughs) And that illustration, right, is that it's not 30 different birds now. Right. It's bird by bird. And that's, to me, the work of emotional intelligence. It's one step. It's one competency. It's one course. It's step, 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 and step. And I know in my own life, and I think you would agree, Jeff, you will see results. Exactly. You, you you don't become the champion of whatever you're doing overnight. Even even those people you talked about earlier, these these athletes that are exceptional athletes, they just, you know, you don't walk onto a college football field. Yeah. No matter how good an athlete you are, you'll get hurt really bad. <laughs> You know, unless you've put that work in one way or the other. Yeah, and and to be sure, Jeff, I'll I'll go back to it. You should feel that you're worth the work. Mm -hmm. That's key. So everyone out there, hear me clearly. You're worth this work. Exactly. Um, I don't think many of you out there are thinking that you're going to become something unbelievable and off the charts and rock star tomorrow. But the idea maybe of making a change and – the idea of making a decision to go in a different direction and maybe one of those four areas, for example, mm-hmm. it might seem daunting. But again, I just, you know, kind of alluding to that analogy, 
bird by bird, bird just by bird. just one at a time. Take a small step and keep at it. Another step, keep at it. Those things will add up to a lot of success. So as we come to an end, Jeff, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about how Spirit of EQ can help practically. The podcast is a great tool, and we've got a lot of content, and I've been thinking about it that maybe want to let our audience know some on-purpose ways that they can kind of expand that out. Okay. And I'm sure there have been a number of people that have looked at our website, and you know they've, they've heard us mention things from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I want to be a little bit more on, on, on purpose about our approach. We work with individuals, and we also work with organizations, be they profit or nonprofit. We're not cookie-cutter. We don't prescribe and put you into a box and say, this is what you get and this is what you get. We work with you first to find out where you're at and, and, and what your need is. What, what problem are you trying to solve? And by doing that, then we can kind of tell you what you might want to consider to help you, right? And that, that goes the same for, for corporations or businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it, 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 the same philosophy applies. Our tools are online and in person. One of the things I think is most powerful about what we do, Jeff, is that we come alongside of people and organizations. Mm -hmm. It's not a take the assessment and good luck. We value this work in such a way that we want to move you to that change that you want. You know, that while you're making those efforts, while you're putting in the work, you've you've got support. You've you've taken that first step, but we want to be there with you. Yeah, exactly. And quite frankly, you know, Jeff, and I think this kind of conveys your sentiments. I don't want to do this kind of work without that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just not very interesting to just dispense and leave. Right? Yeah, and and I think a lot of times it, when when whatever the program is, when that happens, you usually end up doing more harm than you did good anyway. Yeah, yeah. In the end, in the end, and and this is you know highly personal on my end. Uh, of course, I've known you for a bit, Jeff, so I, I don't think this is going to be strange, and you probably share some of it. Um, the reasons why we're doing this, I really firmly believe that the work, the, the, the core of emotional intelligence is, is vital to having a healthy and meaningful life. Mm-hmm, I agree. I think it's vital. And I, I really, really, I, I hate seeing people who are stuck. I hate seeing people who are, 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 are spinning their wheels like on ice on a, on a cold day, right? Mm-hmm. And though I can't make you do anything and I, I don't have silver bullets to fix it in a moment, we have the kind of things that can legitimately help them. And I want to do that. And another part of that is, Jeff, I've seen people who haven't done it. Mm-hmm. And they've come to the end of their days and they never did. And that's really tragic. So if you and I, right, if there's somebody out there listening somewhere – in the U.S. or Europe or Middle East, Asia, and they go, wow, that, that analogy about the bird by bird, that makes total sense to me. I get that. And they begin a turn, Jeff. Mm-hmm. That makes this rewarding. You know, I think for me, you know, we, you mentioned the competencies and you mentioned a couple of them, but for me the key is the one that's called pursuing noble goal. Mm, yeah, And I think which basically the noble goal is what is it that really makes you who you are? What is it that makes you get up in the morning and do the things you do? It's not about how much money you've made or anything like that. When I've helped someone find their noble goal and I see how now their life is 
taken maybe a little bit different direction or, or what their same direction, but they're doing it with a different purpose. I know my noble goal did that for me. Yeah. And and that's what you're saying. When when we, we have this I hate to use the word product, but whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that can help people, that's what we want to do. Yeah, and this is the this is the mode. One of the things that we're offering, I mentioned earlier, Jeff, we were gonna have a, a, a special uh, in January, um, we are giving a hundred dollars off of our, we call it the say mm-hmm. assessment. That's our full emotional intelligence assessment. And that includes a debrief as a listener. What you would need to do is to send us an email at info at spirit of EQ. And you want to put in the subject line podcast offer. And then if you want to write in the body, Hey, I listened to the episode. I can't, you know, whatever you want to do there, if you want to put, you know, I listened to this episode and I'm interested in getting one of those assessments and a debrief. And we have all kinds of technology to be able to do this from afar, too. It's not like you have to be in our neck of the woods to do it. And this offer will go through the month of January. And I really hope you'll take advantage of it because it's a great tool to assess where you're at, to measure your your competencies. Um, there's some things on success factors, if I remember right, mm-hmm. Jeff. Yes, exactly. There's all kinds of ways. And this would be our contribution to you in getting you started off well in 2020. So take advantage of that. Um, of course, if you have questions for whatever reason, that email will work the same. You can address it to me or to Jeff. It doesn't matter. But um, we really hope you will. And with that, Jeff, I think we've come to the end of this episode. It's great to see you as always. I hope everybody's new year is starting off great. Thank you for listening. Yeah, take care. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. We are giving $100 off of our, we call it the say Mm -hmm. assessment. That's our full emotional intelligence assessment. And that includes a debrief. As a listener, what you would need to do is to send us an email at info at spirit of EQ. And you want to put in the subject line podcast offer. And we have all kinds of technology to be able to do this from afar, too. It's not like you have to be in our neck of the woods to do it. And this offer will go through the month of January. And I really hope you'll take advantage of it because it's a great tool to assess where you're at, to measure your your competencies. Um, there's some things on success factors, if I remember right, mm-hmm. Jeff. Yes, exactly. There's all kinds of ways. And this would be our contribution to you in getting you started off well in 2020. So take advantage of that. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way 
is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.